0: I'm Bart star of the Green Bay Packers. A quarterback needs a clear head to make good decisions. Don't mess around with drugs.
1: Giants looking for a stop. What the
0: hell's going on out here?
1: They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody.
0: End zone. Cobb. Touchdown.
1: R-E-L-O.
2: Welcome to Blue Cheese Radio here on to the Future.com. I'm your host, Mike, joined as always by the man who was my uh arch nemesis last week or two weeks ago on the show whenever it dropped. Uh last you heard of us, we were at each other's throats, but I think things have calmed down just a little bit uh since our last episode. Uh we're and of course again. I'm talking about I wouldn't go that far, but uh <laughs> we are still doing the show, so uh we're we're civil. We're civil right now, uh, but that may change uh, later on in the show. We'll get to that. But of course, you all know who I'm talking about. It's the one and only Town Ty. Ty, how you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm doing good, Mike. I, I finally got a break and only had to work eight hours tonight instead of ten. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm in a good mood.
2: Well, that's good. I was up all night last night with a uh, a new puppy. So oh yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to record the show last night. And I had to uh, cancel it late because I had unexpected guests yesterday. I rescued a poor puppy from being run over in the middle of traffic in downtown Hopkinsville last night. Had nowhere else to go, so I, I couldn't say no. She was too damn cute. I had to bring her home. So que-
1: Question that everybody needs to know. What have you named her? Well, it was a long,
2: tedious process last night. I always said, because I haven't had a dog, God, since I was a kid. um, But I always said if I had a dog, it would be a boy and his name would be Lambo. But she's a girl. And I couldn't think of any good girl names for a dog and I don't, I like, cause I was looking really hard for some like Packers themed dog names. Cause I'm, I've already ordered her a, uh, Packers dog collar. So, um, <laughs> but in terms of Packers names, the only one I could think of that would is, is if I named her Janice and I wouldn't do that to the poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think after preseason, I don't know if that'd be too relevant, but, but I ended up, I did come up cause I think she, I was looking it up, and, and I, th- I believe she does have some Scottish terrier in her. Um, so, came up with the name Piper. There you go. So, uh, but I'm going to affectionately call her uh, Rowdy Doggy Piper. Oh, I and, love uh, it. Her kennel will be now known as the Piper's
1: Pit. So... I <laughs> love it. Well, welcome to the family, Rowdy Roddy Piper.
2: And that that f- that fucking that name fits her, because I was up all night last night, pissing everywhere, tearing up everything. I'm like, when I got her, when I picked her up, she was just as sweet and calm, and, and, and you wanted to bring her home. I was like, oh, how can I say no? As soon as you get her home, give her a bath. After she got out of the bath, she was, she was a, a wild animal. So it's going to take oh, some work.
1: It's going to take some it's work. Her new home. She's got a, she's got to mark her territory. You know, she's uh, got to establish her dominance over you. Like any good woman would.
2: And she certainly did. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because I, she
2: fell asleep on the couch and she was just laying on the pillow asleep. And I was like, Oh, she's so cute. She slept for a couple hours. And when she finally woke up, uh, I was going to take her outside and I noticed that she'd been pissing in her sleep the entire time. So, uh, <laughs> so, I so what you are s-
1: saying is you have a baby now.
2: I have a baby now. That's 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 as as accurate of a statement as you could say. But <laughs> uh, so I got I got a long few months ahead, folks. So if I sound wore down, it's because I have a new child has entered the family, new child in the household. So. But oh well, wow. <sighs> she's cute, so I, I let her get away with it. But uh, anyway, uh, so we had to move the show to tonight. We were going to record it last night, moved it to tonight. Uh, we got a uh, couple of fan questions from Twitter to come up discuss oh, yeah, here uh, later on tonight. Uh, lots of news topics to discuss for being the the offseason. I've got quite a bit here in front of me to talk about. And uh, of course, as uh, we talked about at the beginning of the show, We'll have a little bit of a Title Town Rumble update later on as well. A uh, bit of a bone to pick uh, on my part, but we'll get to that. That's, that's just a little teaser for everyone. Uh, and we're going to discuss OTAs. OTAs wrapped up... Uh, what was it, like... It was a week and a half,
1: two weeks uh, ago? It was, it was yeah, a while. R- roughly right around.
2: Yeah, so we've got, got some, uh, some interesting notes coming out of OTAs, too, that I, I can't wait to discuss and dig into... Um, so for being the off season, we got a, we got a particularly packed show. Uh, and one of the main topics, uh, of discussion here for the show tonight, uh, actually broke yesterday, uh, LaTroy Guyon, uh, was arrested, uh, was it last night, (sighs) night before,
1: anyway. Uh, he just doesn't stop. There's no
2: way he's still on the team after this.
1: They got to cut no. him after this. No, I would say he's done. I mean, it's enough that he had the um the pot charge. He's already served in 4 games for that, but now it's a DUI.
2: Yeah, I got the I got the story here. I got an excerpt from the story of uh, what well, I guess he was in Hawaii. Um yeah. Uh, so he was in Hawaii. Green Bay Packers defensive lineman LaTroy Guyon was arrested and charged with operating a vehicle under the influence of an intoxicant early Wednesday morning in Waikiki. Uh, and with a name like that, I, you really can't tell if it's Hawaii or Wisconsin. Um, so so <laughs> I'm just going to take a guess and say it was Hawaii. Uh, according to sources, Guyon was pulled over around 4 a.m. by police on Kalakua, Kalakua I don't know, Avenue. some Some road in Hawaii. Uh, he later. It was a, a, a routine test.
1: traffic stop.
2: Yeah, and uh, it says here he failed a breathalyzer test later on, and then uh, I guess was arrested after that. Uh, so yeah, guyon in <laughs> it again.
1: <laughs> the irony of the situation is Wednesday was Guyon's birthday; he turned yeah. thirty. I saw this on Facebook, and right below the post <laughs> about him being arrested was happy birthday, LaTroy Guyon from the Green Bay Packers.
2: Dude, I noticed like, that too. What? I saw that on Twitter. Like the top Twitter post was uh, was this, the article about him getting arrested. And then right below it was the, the official Packers Twitter account, uh, happy birthday, yeah. LaTroy Guyon. And I was like, well, I guess that makes sense. You know, he was, I guess he was partying happy in Hawaii birthday, for his indeed. birthday. So, well, I mean, and, I guess if there's any way what? to celebrate your 30th birthday, you you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> get pulled you over know if lie. they cut him, if they cut him, they cut him. I'm yeah, I, I half expected him to get cut anyways.
2: Yeah, I I didn't. There's there's plenty. I think there's plenty of players at his position right now that I don't, I don't see any reason to 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 stick with him.
1: Uh, no, um, and we've talked about it before he was starting to lose a whole lot of playing time to Kenny Clark towards the end of the season last year, especially getting into the playoffs. And then they went out and signed, uh, Ricky Jean Francois. They drafted Montrevis Adams, who, if he lives up to his physical ability, could be an absolute monster. They still got Dean Lowry, the man beast, Mike Daniels. If they cut him, they cut him Christian Ringo. I feel like it's, that's one of the more stacked positions on the roster at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like what they got there. And then like you said, to be honest, I, I it was going to be hard for me to just, to justify to me why Guyon would still make a roster spot anyways. Cause he's going to be, he was well, already, I mean, already going to have the, the four game suspension, right? So, yeah.
1: And if he, if he somehow was to stay on the roster, um, I'm seeing a note where it, it actually shows he would be the third. This would make the third consecutive year the Packers would have a D lineman suspended for the start of the season. Uh, last year, Guyon and Dayton Jones were suspended. And then uh, Mike Pinnell served a four-game suspension in 2016. Yeah. It was Guyon and Jones in 15. <clears throat> so, But I, I don't think he makes the roster. I think he's a pretty easy cut at this point.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Mike Pinnell come back, but that's a that's another story. I don't know what all he's getting into uh, these days, but yeah. <laughs> he might be he might be hanging out with uh, Colt Liara or something somewhere. But um, but Guyon, it says your guyon was arrested in in Florida in 2015 for possession of a firearm and marijuana. Uh, marijuana, I don't give a I don't give a damn about. I, I'm not gonna throw stones about that one. But
1: yeah, I don't at trust. At this I point, just, people need to let that go.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a professional football player. The dude's probably in pain most of the time. I, I, it's ridiculous that it's it's not allowed uh, or even legal. But the possession of a yeah. firearm thing, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand the need for people to carry uh, a firearm just just around. You know, you are an NFL football player. I mean, who's who's shooting at you? You know what I am saying?
1: Well, I mean, it is Florida though. Anybody I guess, so, can just. Yeah. Go ask Pla- Plaxico Burris about how that goes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Johnny Jolly. Didn't he get caught with a...
1: I think that was one of his. Wasn't that um, one of his? I think... Um, uh, Akib Talib, didn't he have a firearm yeah. incident too a year or two mm-hmm. ago? It's just it's ridiculous.
2: You're a millionaire. How many millionaires do you yeah. have been- so he signed what was it uh he signed a three year eleven point two five million dollar yeah, yeah. contract uh in February I mean it's like you're a friggin millionaire you're not a gangster anymore you you don't need to just <laughs> to be packing heat all the time you know?
1: like to me it's like if you are putting yourself in situations where you feel like you need to have a gun, stop putting yourself in situations where you feel like you need to have a gun
2: exactly. I, I don't know. It's
1: if that's all I, you can do, stay your ass at home.
2: Yeah. If, it, <laughs> if you're so paranoid that you need to carry it, we carry a gun with you at all times. I mean, that's, you should just, you should just stay at home. You'll, you'll be fine.
1: And I, you know what? Sure. You're rich. You can afford all the VR stuff that us poor people can't. You can vacation without leaving your home. Now you can stay home with your gun. Yeah, and they're not going to arrest you there. I mean, I it's just I ridiculous at this point.
2: Yeah, I, I, I see, I, I see him gone. Uh, there's, I, I don't see any way possible, especially with the Packers, because the Packers that's just not their M O. to to. I don't know why they've continued to give him opportunity after opportunity. Anyway, he's not well. It's not like they try. It, I mean, yeah,
1: they did the same thing with Jolly. They try. And I, I don't fault them for trying. They tried to give Coldlyerla a chance, but there comes a point where you run out of rope. And I think Guyon, he has been given enough rope to hang himself at this point, and he's done that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think his time with the team's gone. And I think uh, an even bigger telling sign that that's the that that's the case is uh, Mike McCarthy's comments. Uh, after OTAs, I think this is probably in some of your post game presser um, stuff we'll bring up later when we talk about OTAs or whatnot. But um, he did mention that Kenny Clark uh, has been the most improved second year player in OTAs. So if there's any more f- ammunition that you that the Packers need to go ahead and get rid of get rid of guy on it's it's that right there the fact that Kenny Clark has apparently come in and, and really improved from year one to year two. Uh, what do you make
1: of that? Oh yeah, um, I think Kenny Clark is going to be a real fixture on this line. I I think he may be the first first rounder that may possibly live up to his potential.
2: Don't jinx in a it. While. Don't jinx it.
1: I mean, I said may. <laughs> I'm not saying he will. I mean even a he even might. a
2: blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, right? So uh Yeah. A, a broken clock's right twice a day. But uh, yeah, I, I think sun, so too. The
1: sun I, even shines on a dog's ass at some point.
2: That's 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 some real deep South Kentucky stuff right there.
1: Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: that that really confused a lot of our fans up in in the the Wisconsin area and all of our fans across the world. Yeah, that's a. There, there. Yeah.
1: That is some in the thick of Kentucky talk <laughs> right there for all you Yankees out there.
2: That's one of those that if you were a politician, you you should have started that with, as my daddy used to say. You ever notice that? There you go. Every politician, they they have a saying, and it's well as my daddy used to say, uh, "The sun shines on a dog's ass." <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they said that, I, I'd actually might vote for the guy, but. Uh, but yeah, we I, can
1: I, I, go on about old Kentucky sayings all day. Colder than a well digger's ass, whatever you want to get into.
2: Slicker than cum on a gold tooth. Maybe I just made that one up. Or <laughs> slicker than uh, what is it? slicker than a uh, slicker than whale shit in an ice flow? I don't know. Um, we we're just dedicate a whole show to that. We'll just can talk in complete Kentucky uh, Kentucky slang. I guess
1: my. Uh, my late great papa's personal favorite shit fire
2: yeah yeah oh that's that's it's granny's favorite too that's uh, shitfire, oh yeah, shit fire damn, um, the best thing I ever heard my grant, my granny say, uh riding with her as as a kid, if she ever got stuck behind someone who was driving slower than she preferred, uh she'd say uh uh what the hell are you doing, lady, hauling eggs, <laughs> <And> I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I say that to this day. If I'm behind a car that's going super slow, I just will. It will just come out instinctually. What the hell are you doing, hauling eggs? And just the thought of that, just the thought of someone hauling eggs and driving Ooh. really slow so they don't break, that's just gold to me. But I don't know. I digress. Oh,
1: mo- <laughs> moving on.
2: Moving on. Uh, and speaking of driving, uh, awesome story. If you want to hear the, the full story, um, uh, our, our old pal, uh, Fred over on the sweep actually had, uh, the guy, uh, on the show this week, I actually listened to it the other day. It was actually super interesting and made me fall in love with Devon house yeah. more than I already have. Uh, just sounds like such a good guy. But for those of you that don't know, and I don't know how you wouldn't know, if you're a Packers fan, I'm sure this has been everywhere. It's been on ESPN, uh, NFL Network, anywhere you look. The the story's been out there. Devon House uh, apparently was on a flight, uh, and the connecting flight got got canceled, so he was stuck in Minnesota, and he had to be at the Packers practice for OTAs or whatever the the, the very next morning. And uh, he was stuck, and he just, you know, the the beauty of social media, you know, all he had to do was send out one tweet. Is there anybody that can give me a ride? And uh, this, I, this guy, I guess his name is Chad Johnson, not Ocho Cinco. But, uh, yeah, he and,
1: <laughs> he and his brother Mike went and picked him up. Went and picked up Devon
2: House from the airport and drove uh, all the way from Minnesota to Green Bay in the middle of the night. Uh, that's that's like old school Packers story. You know what I mean? That's like that stuff that would be like. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a Green Bay Packers story if you've ever heard it. Um and listening to the interview on the sweep and just uh just hearing the guy talk about how nice Devon House was and and how uh how interested he was and you know just making conversation and uh the the really interesting part is once they got to Lambeau Field, um, apparently the the Devon House took him right into the Packers locker room, which is a big big off limits if you're not a Packers player uh but Devon I was like no no come yeah. on in took him into the locker room uh signed a bunch of cleats and a bunch of gear and stuff to give to the the friends and family and uh it's just yeah, I, i'm che- i if i as if i weren't cheering and rooting for Devon House already this makes me love the guy even more and glad to have him back in Green Bay
1: yeah this makes me that much more excited to have him back in the fold i was I was overjoyed to say the least when they did sign him back because I was a fan of his when he was here and I hated to see him go. Yeah. But like you said, how how are you not even more excited to have this guy back? <clears throat> Devon house is one of those that he understands. He gets it. He gets how special it is. The relationship between Packers players and Packers fans that is totally unique yeah. to that city and this franchise in comparison to any other team in any sport in the world. Not just football, but anything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's just uh Devon House is a Packer. Glad he's back with the Packers. Um and I really hope he does well this year. And I think he I think he will. I I'm super excited to see what Devon House brings back to this to back to this defense in the secondary. But uh
1: but yeah. I'm excited because it's just that he talks about how he's coming back to a system he's comfortable in because he did look really good in Jacksonville until they switched to more of a zone system instead of a press man defense. And he thrives in press man out on the outside. That's where he's made his bones. So it's going to be exciting to see him back.
2: Yeah. And, and we'll discuss a little later what, what, what it's starting to look like uh, just in OTA so far, it looks like they're going to have him on the outside Gunter on the outside, and uh, I think they're working Randall kind of in that Micah Hyde spot uh, in the middle of the field, which I think is going to help him tenfold.
1: Yeah, he's getting to really uh, almost recut his teeth at that, what the Packers call their star cornerback position.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's going to help him a ton, and, and, you know, uh, but... You know, it it's exciting and it's good to hear stories like that. Uh especially when you look at tw- oh, yeah. Twitter and how shitty t- Twitter can be sometimes. Uh when it's used for good like that, oh, god, when yeah. it's used for good like that, it's always good to hear too. Um but speaking of uh god awful things, uh not quite on Twitter, but <laughs> but uh McCarthy was asked uh to defend his decision to stick with Dom Capers. This is a story that broke I don't even know if it was a story, just kind of a a little blurb that that got some attention earlier in the week. Uh, it may have been late last week,
1: but he was there. At- and, and this actually came out, I think, in May, mid May, and it's been brought up again.
2: Really, this is the first time I've heard of it.
1: This yeah. is the first
2: time I'm hearing it, and it was, I guess, it was rediscovered somewhere, but. Uh, McCarthy was asked to defend his decision to stick with Dom Capers as defensive coordinator. I got the I got the quote here. Uh, I'm going to read it, and I want you to comment on it, Ty, because I uh. <laughs> I have my thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you go first. But anyway, here's the quote. I was asked to defend the uh, the decision to stick with Dom Capers. Uh, McCarthy says, "I think all of us in life have always gone through experiences in our past that you may have quit on something just to get that fresh new start, and it feels good, but in hindsight, it was not the best thing for you. I know I have personally, so I've always held true to that in my. I've always held true to that in my decision-making process. Results don't always prove to be the answer to the right decision." It's no different than the way we view plays, and this is a conversation Dom and I have all the time. Uh, Your thoughts.
1: (laughs) Does this also apply to the fact that he would almost exclusively run plays out of 11 personnel for half the year last year, which led to us being an incredibly predictable offense for the first six weeks? Uh,
2: you could read that into it. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> results don't always... How... how, And I, I usually don't question McCarthy because he is a great football mind. But when you say things like results don't always prove to be the answer to the right decision, in, and, and I feel like I'm talking like the damn... Professor on Ferris Bueller, in what? Way. way? (laughs) (laughs) In what universe does that make any sense? I've always thought that the right decisions produce good results, and the wrong decisions produce bad results. It doesn't make sense.
2: It doesn't. I mean, I get what he's trying to say. He's trying. I think I know what he's trying to say. He's...
1: I mean, he's defending his assistant and yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him defending his decision or defending his assistant coach. I have no problem there. You have to take care of but your the, own. Defense is, the defense makes no how sense. You... It's
2: like it's like saying <sighs> exactly It's like saying, look, I've made the right decision by keeping them. Yeah, I know the results haven't been there, but trust me. I know what I'm doing. I mean, look, as Packers fans, we're a little spoiled. Um, we nitpick Don Capers in the, yeah. in the defense all the time. But the fact of the matter is we are a team that is every year in the Super Bowl conversation. And most people say, well, that's because you got Aaron Rodgers and you'll always be in the conversation if you have Aaron Rodgers. And that's just not true. I mean, there are plenty of elite quarterbacks in, in the NFL. Look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees is an elite quarterback. Philip
1: Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Phillip
2: Rivers. Uh, you got to have the the right team and decision makers around you, uh, to to be that consistent, to be on Patriots level consistency. You know, if Tom Brady were with the Browns, that doesn't mean the Browns are Super Bowl contenders every year. You know, um, the whole thing no. is there. And but <clears throat> for me, uh, yeah, there are times where I, I'm like, where I I wonder why Dom Capers is is. is Still the defensive coordinator with Packers, but at the same time you also gotta look at um when it when it's working, it's working. The defense can look really good sometimes. You look at oh go yeah. back to last year and look at the uh the, the six game win streak that got us into the playoffs. Uh for most of for most of that run the defense looked really, really good in a lot of those games.
1: Um Yeah. And and we've seen it. I mean, 2014 there were several stretches of that 2014 season where that defense looked really yeah. good especially after they moved clay inside that made a huge difference and even going back to we have to go this far back but 2009 they were the number 1 defense in the league yeah i mean maybe that's and we've we've seen the good and we've seen the god awful from dom capers we know how good it can be
2: yeah sometimes i feel like the numbers don't tell the whole story because if you remember the year that they had the number one defense 2009 that was also the year that they got just boat raced out of arizona and gave up 52 points yeah. to kurt warner in that arizona offense um and then you go back to last year i think they were 31st against the past 22nd and overall, I mean, they were pretty damn good against the run. But, I mean, I think even even there the numbers kind of lie a little bit. Um, but I yeah. think when you when you just watch this team, well, when the uh, team's going and they got the – because Sam Shields got injured last year. You lose your number one cornerback. Uh, you know, you're going to struggle in the yeah. secondary, especially with all the other injuries that they had. And that's, I think that's an ongoing problem that, that the defense has, has struggled with in terms of Clay Matthews' injury, Nick. Perry was in a was in a cast for the back half of the year, which didn't seem to bother him. But uh, you know, your secondary was banged well, up. You were down to friggin', you were down to uh, Ladarius Gunter covering Julio Jones, and that's just it wasn't by design, folks. Trust me. He just can't. Yeah. It wasn't like Dom Capers was like, "Look, look, well, guys, uh, Gunter is 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 on Julio Jones this week, so don't sweat it. We got this." That's like by the end of it, you're just down to And it's not necessity. all on
1: capers. No. Yeah, you can't. Nobody can put this all on capers. I know a lot of people do. There's that whole group out there that's every time the defense has a subpar game, all the hashtag fire capers comes roaring right back, and I can't stand it. That's not the answer. You can't just fire a coach midseason and expect everything to go well. But he's dealt with injuries to players that, you know, when you have Clay Matthews injured, when you have Sam Shields gone, when Randall's dealing with a groin injury and Rollins is dealing with a groin injury and your middle linebacker position is constantly in flux and that hamstring is a coordinator because they can't do what they want to do. Yeah. And his system is famously complex. It's a very complex defense, and it takes some time to learn. So not only that, he's also on a team with a lot of turnover and a lot of young players, and that doesn't help either.
2: Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, and you look at – I don't even remember what I was going to say now, but it's just –
1: His best teams have been veteran-led.
2: Yeah, I mean the the year you had Charles Woodson, you know that 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 helped a lot because he fit perfectly into what Dom Capers did. Um,
1: well, as like his uh his year that he won Defensive Player of the Year. They had a defense that was mostly built on veterans, not younger players. Veterans who had been in the league, knew their assignments were assignment sure. And took care of what they were supposed to take care of, not guys that were still trying to figure out what they were supposed to be doing.
2: Oh, and I know what I was going to say. How, look through Dom Capers' history and look at how many players that, how many just, I'm not going to say garbage players, but players that wouldn't start on any other team. And this is proven. As soon as they, as soon as they oh, leave yeah. the Packers, they disappear out of the league or they're third string or back up somewhere else. Dom Capers took them and, and made them starting quality players. You look at a guy like Sam Barrington, for example, uh, a guy who once he left the Packers couldn't...
1: Jerron McMillan. Jerron
2: McMillan. Uh, M.D. Jennings, for God's sakes. I mean, he, he was using yeah. him for a while you look at the, the Frank Zombos and the Andy Malumbas of the world. I mean you go you look back and you look back at 2013. I think it was 2013 the year that they lost in the wild card game against San Francisco. You look at the players that they had healthy on defense and they played a pretty damn good good game. They had, had Andy Malumba as as playing every down and they held their own.
1: And he was only about half healthy. I mean they ended up standing up uh, rookie Dayton Jones to play outside linebacker in emergency in that game. Yeah. And honestly, they came within a Micah Hyde interception of winning that game if he doesn't drop that yeah. ball.
2: and that was Hyde's rookie year, too. So you were a rookie yeah. safety, not even like a high-pick rookie, but like one of those rookies that that Ted Thompson finds that turns out to be pretty damn good. Uh, you, you were that far away from advancing, beating the 49ers who went on to the NFC Championship game that year. Uh, so it's, I think a lot of it, and I think we'll talk about this when we get to the, to the fan questions here in a minute. Uh, but I think a lot of it goes back to why doesn't Aaron Rodgers have more rings? And uh, I got plenty to say on that once we get to it. But before yeah. we get to that, a couple other news items uh, before we move on. Uh, something that broke today—you actually uh, reminded me we to to bring up here before we went on air. Uh, General Manager John Dorsey fired from the Chiefs, or did was he fired, Got or did he boot. just agree to leave?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, they the Chiefs actually didn't provide an explanation, but they did let Dorsey go. So, yeah, they let so him go and then reason, re-signed Andy Reid. They Reed. extended Andy Reid, which makes no sense to me because general consensus, when you bring in a new GM, they usually like to get their own coaching staff in order.
2: Yeah, that makes me wonder if they're going to try to make Andy Reid GM. Coach
1: and general manager.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, we, we discussed that last <sighs> week, how that's that's a real yeah, slippery he... slope.
1: Only yeah. needs to call Mike Sherman and ask how that goes. Yeah. This is not the 60s. You can't coach and GM your team anymore unless your name is Belichick.
2: Yeah, he's earned that right. Oh, Andy Reid's a great coach, but.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but
2: John Dorsey was a damn good GM, too. He took a, what was it, a 2 and 14 Chiefs team and took him to the playoffs yeah. the next year in his first year? I mean, that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it brings uh, the up Chiefs. The question. And Ted Thompson.
0: Yeah. The question was Ted yeah, Thompson I, getting
2: older and the the buzz about him retiring soon, uh could John Dorsey be in line to be the next general manager of the Packers? I mean it's just- I think
1: he has to be. I mean, when you look at his record, and I've got the numbers right in front of me, he, he's a good judge of talent. He rebuilt a Chiefs team that went twenty three and forty two. That's a .354 win percentage under Scott Pioli from two thousand nine, two thousand twelve. Since Dorsey took over in 13, Kansas City has compiled a record of 44-24. and That's a .647 win percentage.
2: It's a big turnaround.
1: It's almost a complete 180. Yeah. And that is Dorsey bringing in and hiring Andy Reid to coach the team, who we just mentioned is a fantastic coach, and drafting good players. He has been extremely good at Identifying talent in all the rounds, much like Ted Thompson, and he comes from that school. You know he he was with the Packers for you know a lot of years, and yeah, really learned under Thompson. So I think he is a a great candidate for when the time comes if somebody else doesn't snatch him up real fast.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting because we you know we still got <clears throat> Elliot Wolf who everyone is already. Thinking to will be the heir apparent. Yeah. So, I... I don't know. I I wonder, because if you remember, it was a couple weeks ago. I wonder if this has anything to do with Macklin's release. Jeremy Macklin got released from the Chiefs. Uh, You know,
1: I I don't know, because... I wonder if there's any time... Macklin... I don't know. I just... Macklin became kind of a one-trick pony with the Chiefs, and still wasn't really getting it done. Had a little bit of an injury issue, and...
2: Yeah, but I mean, Macklin was Macklin wasn't an Andy Reid guy though. Andy Reid drafted him in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, he was, but at the same time, it's just a matter of players have to get let go sometimes, and he he was not playing to that contract. He had the team kind of hamstrung with that contract, and Dorsey did what he felt was best for the the overall roster. That's the type of yeah.
2: I mean, I, under- I understand that decision I mean, that's you have to logic. make. You can't argue with that, but you know, you got to wonder if Andy Reid was fully on board with that decision. And Andy Reid may have went to, you know, uh, the president, whoever, uh, and said, "Look, we're not agreeing on things. We're button heads, which happens. General managers and head yeah. coaches." Well, bud heads, they won't get along, and one has to go, one stays. And the fact that he was that John Dorsey was released, and Andy Reid was re-signed to a new contract, know, it kind of looks like kind of looks like they 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 <laughs> they put their stamp on uh, Andy Reid instead of Dorsey.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, here's another interesting little nugget of information. Dorsey has always maintained close ties to the Green Bay area. It's a well-known fact that he does love the Packers, and just last year bought a home up in Door County.
2: It cer- it certainly so, is a fit, and it would make take sense. that
1: for whatever it's worth.
2: Yeah, it's uh, let the let the speculation begin. Especially if the Packers somehow slip this year and Ted Thompson's pushed out, and you know who knows. But uh we'll see what happens with that. It's all speculation. And last nice little. Yeah, it's what we do here in the off season. <laughs> it's time to speculate. Yeah. Uh, but la- last little bit of news. Uh, former Green Bay Packers backup quarterback Vince Young, uh getting ready to start his CFL career with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That looks like it is now on hold, possibly permanently, as he suffered a hamstring injury. And that more than likely will be the end of his playing days in football, period. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's, it's unfortunate because I feel like the year that Vince Young was brought in, Looked pretty good in preseason. I was actually surprised he got cut when he did. And, uh, you know, later in the year when Aaron Rodgers went down, we were stuck with Sanica Wallace and Scott Tolzien. For like two plays. Yeah. It (laughs) (laughs) would have been nice to to have Vince Young there, but.
1: I feel awful for Vince Young. He just, his career in Tennessee was an absolute roller coaster. You know, he had all these expectations just absolutely heaped on him. I mean, I I feel bad for Vince Young on about the same level. I feel bad for Tim Couch. Yeah. The expectations were so high that there was no way he was going to live up to him. He went to a team that everything depended on him. And he did the best he could. He tried, and there were off-field issues. And I've, I'm like you. I was incredibly surprised when they cut him from the uh, the Packers roster when they did, and then went out and signed Seneca Wallace, who hadn't been with the team at all. I just and
2: was god awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, Vince Young is just—he's a guy who just for the last several years, he just he can't catch a break. No. And you just hate that.
2: Well, as somebody who watched Vince Young since his rookie year, all through his time with the Titans, um, I will firmly stand by and will will say this forever that he was ruined by Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher didn't want Vince Young in that draft. Jeff Fisher wanted Matt Liner cuz Jeff Fisher is a US a USC yeah. guy. He he wanted Matt Liner, didn't want Vince Young. Uh but Adams wanted Vince Young. He brought Vince Young in. Vince Young coming in, if he was if he was brought in in the right situation with 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 coach who wanted him. And I mean, yeah, he was he wasn't the most mature quarterback at the time, but he was a playmaker and he was a winner. I mean, just you look at his rookie year. Oh yeah. He was rookie of the year ended up on the Madden cover. Uh, the year that the Titans started zero six, he came in and almost took them to the playoffs. Um. Vince Young's a winner, and he could have been something. And I felt, <clears throat> I was excited when the Packers took him. I was like, that's the perfect spot for him. In Green Bay, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. All he has to do is learn the playbook. Uh, if he has to come in, he's a guy that, you know, could make some deep throws down the field. And he can also make plays with his legs. Um, but the, the, the rumor going around about Vince Young is he got his uh, real estate license, and I think it's something. I think he was starting a real estate firm or something up in Canada. So some people are saying that maybe his his little stint here in the CFL was promotion for his his real estate company, or I don't know. But it was a weird move when when he signed. But it sucks. I hope he. Str. <laughs>
1: I'm not laughing about this. You I'm houses. laughing about something. I've just, I'm laughing about something I've just come across that's going to make you hope and pray it happens. I've come oh, across a story about Jeff Fisher, and again, it's the off season, and this is all speculation. And it, it's just this is the kind of shit that's fun to talk about. If John Fox is gone. After this season, it may not be a surprise to see Jeff Fisher's name in the hat Uh, as the next head coach of the one and only Chicago Bears, the team that he played for during his days as a player in the NFL.
2: uh, That, you know, (laughs) that wouldn't shock me. That's, That's Chicago Bears. All the way I, I uh, Whew. Uh, Well we do know one thing If he goes to Chicago uh, As their next head coach uh, Mitchell Trubisky really doesn't have a chance In hell of being successful uh, Jeff Fisher <laughs> That would the, be flush right out of the top.
1: Mike McCarthy is the Quarterback teacher Jeff Fisher is the quarterback ruiner
2: Yeah I mean Those God, kids in, at,
1: in L.A. Never had a chance. Look at J-
2: no, look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff got thrown into the fire last exactly. year. Exactly. Oh Lord. god. Uh, that would be something.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I hope it happens though. Let's uh, let's see, because I think John Fox is a pretty damn good coach, so I'd rather.
1: I do too, but. Well, you know how management is in Chicago these days. If it's not turned around in a couple of years, you're pretty well gone.
2: Well, I hope they keep it that way.
1: Oh yeah, keep that revolving door going.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you, you you hold up your end of the bargain with your your new nickname of the Basement Bears, the Cleveland Browns of the NFC. Yes. Keep it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Settle back, while Marlboro takes you to Chicago's Wrigley Field. Here, one of pro football's most versatile halfbacks broke an all-time National Football League scoring record. Meet Paul Hornung of the Green Bay Packers. Settle back, Paul, with your Marlboro. December 4th, 1960, the Packers against the Chicago Bears. Remember? This was the run that shattered the record. 176 points scored in a single season. Guess you felt pretty good about that score, Paul. Sure did. And I feel pretty good about this cigarette, too. How's that Marlboro song go? You get a lot to like. Filter, flavor, pack, or box. Marlboro.
2: But moving on from the news, uh, let's get into some of the fan questions. Uh, we had a couple of fan questions this week on Twitter. I put it out there. Uh, just looking for some stuff to talk about. It's the off season. We need your guys' help. Uh, you can always send us questions anytime on Twitter or at our Blue Cheese Mailbag at AskBlueCheese at gmail.com. Uh, both of these came from Twitter. Uh, our first Twitter question came from our boy, your boy, uh, Fraser, Frazier. Frazier. Twitter. And uh, he usually he usually comes out and asks a slew of questions on on Monday. I've noticed. I think he builds these up all during the week and then just lets them all go <laughs> on Monday. Uh, and usually, we, I, I, I'll either me or Ty will uh, will answer most of them. But uh, he asked a question this Monday. I feel like needs a little bit more conversation, a little more explaining, a little to get in t- depth a little bit. Because uh, I thought it was an interesting question, something I've thought about, uh, especially going through the Titletown Rumble last week. Um but he asked uh where would you rank Jordy Nelson uh, in terms of uh, all-time receivers in Packers history?
1: Um That's a great question.
2: It is. Because where do you rank him? Where do you rank him? Where do you see uh, Jordy at right now?
1: You know, I it's something I've not really given a whole lot of thought because I generally don't like to rank current players with all-timers until their career is over. <clears throat> yeah right now i, I don't know. it's it's hard it's just hard there have been so many so many great receivers in the history of this franchise going from hudson to donald driver to max McGee to andre risen and sterling sharp and antonio freeman and james lofton it's just
2: Well, bring up. I think D-O- he's
1: very much on the cusp of being, if he can continue to perform, Jordy Nelson could be a top ten, maybe top ten receiver in franchise history. I mean, because him and Rogers do own the record now for the all-time touchdowns between a quarterback and one receiver. Yeah, and that's that's, a, that's a big ask. thing.
2: Yeah, when you when you have you know Brett Favre for all those years, and and you know Max McGee was a favorite of uh, your boy Bart Starr, that's that's a big accomplishment. And that's kind of what plays into it a little more with me, more than numbers, more than anything else, is how important was he during his time with with the team? And for me, I think he is top ten.
1: They don't win that Super Bowl without Nelson. I'll say that. He had a phenomenal performance in that Super Bowl. As good as Greg Jennings was with some of the catches he made, they don't win that game without Jordy Nelson's receiving yards.
2: I I tell you what I'll put Jordy Nelson. I think he is top ten. I'll put him in the top ten right now.
1: I mean I wouldn't dispute it.
2: <clears throat> but like, like you I said, th-
1: I said, I just I just have a hard time ranking a player whose career is still going.
2: Well, let's 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 think of who we got here. We we, we got into it last week. You got you know you got your Don Hudson, not Hudson. Yes. <laughs> typo there um so you got don hudson you got uh max mcgee boyd dowler through the bart star years uh you got your uh your your uh james lofton uh your andre Risen. your although andre Risen wasn't really a great packers receiver he had a iconic play for the packers but he wasn't like a stick yeah, with the Packers. but you
1: got sterling sharp you got antonio freeman
2: yeah freeman you got a uh, Robert Ferguson. Can't forget old Robert yeah. Ferguson.
1: <laughs> and as as much as it may pain you to admit it, you do have to account for Greg Jennings for a in a time. Oh, there.
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't take anything away from Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings, like you said, was an integral part in the Super Bowl win. He caught two touchdowns in that game. He was an amazing receiver in his day. You go back and watch some of those games with him and Rodgers. I mean, he was good his for Farms ability. last season. His catching ability. You remember the, the catch he, he made just, in the end zone in the uh what was it? It was the Cardinals game in oh9 going back to that. That yeah. one where he caught it like somehow with one hand and two hands falling down. I mean it was ridiculous. Well
1: the touchdown catch where Palomalu, you know, hit him in the back in the Super Bowl, that was actually helmet to helmet contact and would have been flagged now for hitting a defenseless receiver. But how he held on to that ball being hit like that and to keep it in the end zone was incredible.
2: Yeah, that so, was unbelievable. Not only that one, but the one that that Rogers neared in the fourth quarter to try to put the game out of reach when yeah. he split those two defenders and somehow caught that bullet just in full speed oh, yeah. on that slant going over the middle.
1: Yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg Jennings is I mean, one of the he's one of the best route runners I've ever seen firsthand. Like as far as being old enough and knowledgeable enough on the game to appreciate a receiver's route running ability, Greg Jennings fantastic.
2: Yeah. So I think for me, Jordy Nelson, I would put him in that Greg Jennings, Antonio Freeman category. Um, Top 10. I think he's between five and 10 somewhere. I think you can shuffle uh, it around somewhere around there.
1: I wouldn't argue that. Cause, I wouldn't I mean, he, argue that at all.
2: Jordy is without question Rogers favorite receiver. You you look at some of the seasons he's had with Aaron Rodgers. You look at the season he had oh, last yeah. year. One of his one of his you know more up and down seasons, he was still he was still comeback player of the year. Uh
1: still the well, honestly, a dynamic
2: part of the you offense.
1: Gotta, you gotta look at two thousand eleven.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, that was what was his third year?
1: Yeah, and that was the year he really broke out, which is I'm keeping my fingers crossed, happens with Devontae Adams this year.
2: Oh, I think Adams is set for that. I think Adams is set up perfectly oh, yeah. for that with all the talent that's that that's around him now. But you know
1: You know, and Frazier Fraser really hit me with some good questions this week concerning our our home state college. And Louisville? My boy Randall Cobb.
2: Ugh. Louisville, Louisville passing out hookers like candy at a at a Halloween. Prostitute party? you. <laughs> you know that they 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 might have to vacate that title that they won a few years
1: back. Yeah, I mean, right now the only punishment that's been hand, handed down is uh Patino is suspended for the first four games of ACC play. Like anybody gives a damn. Yeah. But there could be some terrible things come out of this, but no, he Frazier actually asked me how popular Randall Cobb is in the state of Kentucky. Very. (laughs) Is he though? He's popular dude for people. I feel like, I feel like are Kentucky fans. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves because I Kentucky football isn't nearly as popular as Kentucky basketball. So when you
1: talk about God, no,
2: you hear about guys like John Wall and Anthony Davis uh, way more than you hear about Randall Cobb. But like you said, for Kentucky fans, you know you, you love Randall Cobb. But in terms of like statewide popularity, um, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for just how damn good
1: he well, was. No for football players do. No football players going to. I mean, when we get to talking Kentucky basketball, the passion there. <laughs> It is, is. It's tangible.
2: It's ridiculous. But uh, he asked me
1: that. He asked me if uh, if Randall Cobb is in UK's Ring of Honor. Not yet, but I see he will be eventually. It's I just kind of so. like waiting on Favre to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's going. It was going to happen. Everybody knew it, and Randall Cobb will go in that Ring of Honor. He is an incredibly important player. He was the team. y'all. You know, When you talk about the history, he was. He was the special teams, and he was the whole offense while he was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Frazier actually asked me how many Super Bowl winners Kentucky has in team history. And I knew there were a few, but I actually had to go look it up. And good God, the list is long. Uh, can I name you some? You would not believe. I know. Uh... Go for it. Mm. <clears throat> Well, Cobb
2: hasn't won one yet, but Wesley Woodyard, Danny Trevathan. Yeah, you got
1: Woodyard. You got Danny Trevathan.
2: Um, let's see.
1: Tim Maste.
2: Tim Maste, yeah. Murray, Kentucky. Every time I go to Murray, I see that sign, and I'm like, yeah, that's our boy. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Uh...
1: I don't know. Get,
2: hit me. Hit me with some.
1: You, Jared Lorenzen. Oh, he was Eli's backup <laughs> that, that, in two thousand eight. Right. hefty that's lefty. Right. Um, and and this list is players that have played in the Super Bowl. But on the link that I have, I actually replied to Frazier. Players listed in bold indicate Super Bowl winners, but going all the way back to nineteen seventy one, you've got Sam Ball. With the Baltimore Colts, won the Super Bowl. I'm not going to read everybody that played <laughs> in the Super Bowl because it's a long list. Yeah. We're going to um, do a roll call. <laughs> yeah, you got Babe Perilli, who is a former Packer. He uh, was backing up Namath with the Jets in 69, and Bob Talamini also with the Jets in 69. Larry Seepel was with the Dolphins during their epic run in the early to mid-70s. Irv Good, Tom Dornbrook, uh, Derek Ramsey with the Raiders in 81, George Adams. Joker Phillips was actually with the Redskins in 88. We won't go into his time coaching, Kentucky. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, Mark Logan with the Niners in 95. Alfonso Browning with the Niners in 95. Marty Moore with the Patriots in 2002. And God knows, believe it or not, he hasn't won one yet, but Jacob Tammy has been in three Super Bowls.
2: <laughs> Poor guy. He...
1: With the Colts in uh, Falcons. 2010, the Broncos in 14, and the Falcons.
2: Well, there you go, folks. For all of you, that, for most of our audience that is tuned out, because <laughs> I know most of you Packers fans...
1: Because we were talking Kentucky <laughs> football.
2: <laughs> yeah, most of Packers fans don't give a damn about Kentucky football. Uh, and and really, unless you're unless you're, most people outside of Kentucky don't. Uh, Kentucky's one of those hated teams. I don't know about football, but I know basketball. I know that's the
1: oh, people hate. It's it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. And some of it's that. just because of Calipari, but
2: yeah. But when we, when you win, that that's what happens. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so nah, eh, what can you do? But uh, there you go, folks. A little uh, history lesson there, and 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 uh. Kentucky Wildcat football players.
1: <laughs> yeah, Fra- thank you, Frazier. You you allowed me to educate myself a little more on the Kentucky football history. So Hey, that's big ups that's, to you. That's
2: what he's there for, man. He I had to do that a couple times too when he asked if uh who did he uh he asked if somebody was in the Ring of Honor or something in in it was a while back. I can't remember, but I actually had to look it up and actually learned of who all's Not only in the Ring of Honor, but in the Packers Hall of Fame and stuff like that. So, Frazier, yeah, Frazier's here to help us educate ourselves. So, uh,
1: but thanks for the questions, Frazier. And in turn, educate the listeners.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Even about about stuff nobody cares about. You're going to get educated, folks. This is this is class. Um, but we had another question here on Twitter, uh, from Curtis McAllister on Twitter. Uh, sent us a question. Uh, what was it, yesterday? Yes, in this question yesterday. And this is a question that gets asked yeah. a lot. It's a question that gets bandered around. A uh, question of great debate. Is this the year Aaron Rodgers finally gets his second Super Bowl? With all the additions in the draft, uh, the free agency with Martellus Bennett and Ricky Jean-Francois and, some, and Devon House, is this the year that Aaron Rodgers finally gets his second Super Bowl ring? Ty, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know, you hate to speculate because it always bites you in the ass and you hate to set out these expectations, but I like the makeup of this roster right now. And you know, Aaron rodgers he does tilt the field in our favor all the time, but to me again, it's, it's health. It's always that with this team. If this team can stay healthy, Yes. But that's the thing. It's always if. As long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, that's always going to be my answer. If the team can stay healthy, yes.
2: Is this the year Aaron Rodgers finally gets a second Super Bowl? Two things to break down here in here, in this question. This is something that uh, I've wanted to get into for a while. This This notion that... Aaron Rodgers should have more rings by now. Um, All this stuff. It's it's, the thing about football. Look, in basketball, if you you look at the NBA, you're like, oh, LeBron James, he should have more rings. Uh, It's football. You know what?
1: That dude's been to eight finals now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He's had his opportunities. But the thing about football is the ultimate team sport, like. Yeah, everything really has to fall into place perfectly in, in in a season for a team to win the Super Bowl. Unless you're the New England Patriots, and then you know, as we discussed a minute ago off the air, um, they're just built to, and not to mention they're in the AFC East, and that that's been the the, the shittiest division for the past ten fifteen. Years.
1: Yeah, they've um, played in a garbage division, so.
2: And the AFC has not been nearly as difficult uh, of a road as the NFC. But even with that, even with that, um, football is the ultimate team sport. Yeah, you got to have all all pieces working and in the in the all the chemistry. It, you can't you can't just say Aaron Rodgers deserves more Super Bowls because if that was the case, then if you were just saying oh Aaron Rodgers is such a good quarterback he should have all these rings, then Dan Marino should have all these rings then Jim Kelly should have all
1: these rings. Brett Favre should have more Brett than one. Brett Favre should
2: have more than one. Peyton Manning Brett... should have more than two. And the two that he won weren't because of him. Yeah. It was because of the de- his defense.
1: It was the team. It was his de- the team. Exactly. It was the, <clears throat> the defense and the running game. And even Brady. You look at Brady that... Even going to the Super Bowl that first time, you got Tuck Rule. Yeah. He owes at least two of those rings to Vinatieri. Yeah. And... I mean, it's just—it's a team sport. You said it. I'll say it again. Football is the ultimate team sport. It takes a collective effort. From the that's from why the I not top don't,
2: down, from general. Manager I don't like how
1: quarterback to the coaches. Yeah. everything's
2: got to be perfectly in place, and and you see it every year when one of those pieces goes away, or they try to bring in another piece to replace it, or this or that. You look at the Panthers. The, the, everything fell perfectly for the Carolina Panthers when they went 15 and 1 two, two seasons ago. They looked unbeatable, unstoppable. They lose in the Super Bowl against a really good defense, the aforementioned uh, Broncos defense that Peyton Manning was on. They come back. They lose some players. <clears throat> they actually gain a player in, in Kelvin Benjamin, who everybody thought would make this team even better. They come back last year. They lose Josh
1: Norman. They lose Josh they lose Norman. Josh
2: Norman. Uh, Keekly went out with an injury. Uh, and then they missed the playoffs last year. They looked very human. They looked very pedestrian. Cam Newton couldn't stay healthy because that offensive line started to really fall apart (laughs) last year.
1: So from year to year... Well, it's look at the Packers. 2015, Jordy goes down. That offense is a shadow all season. The defense last year, Sam Shields goes down. It all falls down.
2: Yeah. It's... you're one piece away from being, a, if you're a good team, you're one piece away from being a really bad team. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers is on the team uh, gives you an opportunity to go to the playoffs and make a run every year, uh, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing. The fact, that, the fact that he only has one Super Bowl so far in his career is really irrelevant to the fact that the Packers are in the playoffs and in contention for a Super Bowl every year. That's that's not normal. Yeah. That's not you, normal.
1: We have to uh, take a step back and really appreciate this because there are two teams right now that have reached this level of consistency, and we've talked about them both a lot tonight. It's the Packers and the Patriots. Yeah. There are no other teams in the league that even approach a current playoff streak that the Packers and the Patriots are on. I think the Patriots are ahead of the Packers maybe by by one season as far as consecutive playoff mm-hmm. appearances. I think the Patriots are up to nine and the Packers are eight or maybe it's seven and eight instead of eight and nine. It's, it's right around there. Either
2: way, it's ridiculous.
1: But we're talking around 10 years straight of sustained success. And people can say, oh, it's a failure if you don't win the Super Bowl because it's in Green Bay. And yeah, that's part of the attitude but you go find any Packers fan from the 70s and 80s and ask them if they're not happy with what this team is doing right now
2: yeah exactly I mean just hell go back to I remember being a Packers fan in the or in the mid-2000s uh the the very end of the Mike Sherman era yeah and I was like oh geez
1: four and twelve <clears throat>
2: unwatchable I can't watch this. What, what what are they doing? They used to be good. Why why is this happening?
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> you think about we haven't Drouse, had to go through that. You look at from the time it's been a long time from the time Lombardi retired up to 1992. <clears throat> this is 1968 to 1992, two playoff appearances. Yeah, two.
2: And I dare say if 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 the roles were reversed and Green Bay played in the AFC East and the New England Patriots played in the NFC North i think it, the, those numbers would switch i think Rodgers would have more rings i think Brady would have less rings i think the streaks would be opposite not to say the Patriots wouldn't go to the playoffs every year and still wouldn't be good but the fact of the matter is the Packers are in a tough division every year whether it's a good Chicago team like uh you know in, in the mid 2000s or the team they played in the NFC title a, game. A good Vikings team. A good Vikings team. team. Or even a good Lions team. The Lions have been a, been
1: a good recently. opponent
2: recently, yeah.
1: <clears throat> and the NFC. The NFC as a whole is much stronger than the AFC. I mean, in the Absolutely. AFC, you talk about, well, who who's a threat to the Patriots, and you can only come up with two, maybe three teams at most. At most. But the NFC, you're looking... You're looking six, seven deep.
2: Oh my God! Just look at every division.
1: and somebody gets every division
2: this year. Look at every division this year. How many of the the teams in each division have a legitimate shot of making a good playoff run? And you got the Cowboys, the Redskins, both all good. The Giants are always in it. Uh, You look at the South. You got the the Falcons. Um, You got the Panthers. Could be good again. The Saints. Uh, You look
1: at. Yeah, I think the Bucks. The Bucks are knocking on the door.
2: Then you look at the West, you got Arizona, they got a good coach, they got a good team, they stumbled last year just like we talked about a minute ago, the pieces weren't all there. Seattle. Seattle of course. So I don't know, it's just one of those questions that always bugs me. It's like, why doesn't Aaron Rodgers have more rings? I'm like, well the same question could be asked, why doesn't Mason Crosby have more rings? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 irrelevant. It's an yeah. irrelevant question. This isn't
1: why doesn't Dan Marino have any rings.
2: Exactly, you know. But in terms of the question here, just to answer real quick: Is this year Aaron Rodgers finally gets the second Super Bowl? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the pessimist here, and I'm gonna say no. I don't think this is the year. I think next year could be the year because I think the fact that the Packers had to draft for positions that they needed, secondary. like the secondary, and uh, you know, I think when you're drafting for... I mean, when you don't
1: want to put it all on rookies.
2: Exactly when you when you're when you're putting your eggs in, in a rookie basket, so to speak. And not to say that they're putting all their eggs in, in Kevin King or whatever, because, you know, they brought back a uh, house and, you know, you got your other cornerbacks that that uh, hopefully will, will play better this year. Um, but I just see this more as I, th- I think maybe next year is better. And I feel like we were talking about it earlier with the Brett Hundley com- trade conversation. This year, <clears throat> and I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't mean to scare anybody or anything, but, uh, if the, let's say, all right, so let's, let's, let's hypothetically, the Packers don't make the playoffs this year. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt week two, week three. He's out for the season. Brett Hundley is now the starting quarterback and he goes out and he wins six or seven games. Looks pretty good. Looks, you know, pretty, it looks like a good quarterback. Now, all of a sudden you got trade bait going into next year uh you know oh, so yeah. i think that could be a real doomsday situation this year i don't know this, maybe that's just the pessimist in me that's the the getting ready for disappointment i don't know what the hell that is but i think if there would be any kind of silver lining to to uh, a season that, that breaks down that way which this year you know it's always possible but
1: i mean any year could yeah. but i honestly <laughs> think and if if Brett Hundley comes out, because I think we're going to see a whole lot of Brett Hundley in this preseason, you know, barring that he doesn't twist his ankle or something again. Yeah. But uh, I think if Brett Hundley comes out and has a great preseason, that dude might get traded before season starts. It's very possible. Because he might be better than some other team starters. And, I mean, he's motivated. He's even been quoted as saying that... Yeah, this this was a quote. I've always said I went in the fifth round, I want a first round pick from someone trading for me. Everybody wants the house to be traded for them because that's showing what that's showing you what teams value yeah. value I can't talk value you for.
2: <laughs> that is a weird combination of <sighs> words.
1: That was something to spit out. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he's got that motivation. He wants to know that he's got that kind of value and Mike McCarthy loves him.
2: I mean, he looks good in preseason. McCarthy's even in the been... action he gets, he looks good. I mean, he's got a grasp on the offense. He's he's an athlete. He can he can run. I mean, he's I think there's a lot to 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 like about Brett Hundley, especially if you're a team like the Jets, who your quarterback situation right now doesn't look too damn yeah. good, uh, or even a team like a. Uh, the Houston Texans or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but there, there's <laughs> there's plenty of teams out there who could use a, a solid quarterback right now.
1: Um, but, I mean, McCarthy feels that Hunley's got the talent to be a starter.
2: I I think so. I mean, that it could just be. I, I, I'm not seeing what he's seeing, but from what I've seen in preseason and the way he plays, the way he carries himself, he carries himself like a starter. I can say I can say that. Yeah. Um, and plus I love oh, smoking yeah. Joe so. I wouldn't, mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing oh, yeah. him We, Still we love
1: us some smoking Joe Calhan on yeah, this he, show. He, you're not. You know what? McCarthy loves him. I mean, the dude the dude got cut and made his way all the way back. Yeah, we won't <laughs> let him go. <laughs> Through two won't teams. Won't let him go. So, so yeah. yeah.
2: We'll see what happens there. But thanks, uh, thanks Frazier, Curtis, for your fan questions. A little something to banter about. We appreciate it uh, here in the dark period. Uh, although we had quite a bit of news this week. Uh, to cover, I guess, we've covered it for the past two weeks or so. Um, yeah. Since the, since the Title Town Rumble. And speaking of the Title Town Rumble, before we get into OTAs, ah. Title Town Rumble update. We are currently tied uh, for, from what's going on on Twitter right now. And I have a bone to pick with you, Ty.
1: Pick your bone.
2: I don't appreciate your <laughs> underhanded tactics. I knew. I knew you would do this. For those of you that don't know, Ty is campaigning for votes.
1: I will say this, though. I campaigned for one vote. I know you think I campaigned for my brother to vote for my team, but he is as knowledgeable about football as I am, sometimes if not more. That was a vote I that it. I did not ask for. It. I can not I, I got Amber anybody, to vote for me. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. But you can you're, you're,
1: realistically uh, you can only take one vote away from me.
2: I can take two because I don't believe that with your with your brother I didn't I I can't believe that anybody with any knowledge of football whatsoever would would pick your team, Team Holmgren, over my team. It's it's unfathomable. It's 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 not even a close race.
1: Oh, whatever. Whatever, man. I'm not getting into this. We're trying to be <laughs> friends. Whew. You're making it making it difficult. Well, I'm too competitive for this. Right now
2: we're at a dead heat. We're going to we're going to I'm going to put up another poll this week. We're going to we're going to break this tie cuz this isn't uh, I'm going to break you I'm gonna break tie period yeah i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let him cheat his way to a title like 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 uh bill Belichick or something, but
1: you know what I just noticed yes, I, one of these guys actually voted for both of us who adam Lindner. Adam Lindner? oh, it's a good guy,
2: good guy. Uh, he's he's just trying to be a peacemaker. I, I, I I'm down for that. Bad.
1: He likes, books. but you know what? I don't really know how much <laughs> I believe that old Fred over on the sweep and his dad Griff could actually take their bias out of this conversation. So what about that? Oh, they said
2: they said they're taking their bias out. They're 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 just smart Packer claim, knowledgeable people. They claim and they know they know a better team when they see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all there is. To it's that. just because you got fuzzy, and we both know it.
2: That was part of the strategy,
1: but uh, I figured as uh, much. It's all good. <laughs> I gotta keep telling myself this is no. for fun, and that this whole thing was to help educate Packers fans on the history, and to try to get them to go out there and learn about the old guys and have some respect. Got to keep telling myself this. (laughs) All right, Dad. Have some damn respect. Uncle Rico. Why
2: don't we we talk about Arnie Herber more? He was better than Farver Rogers ever was.
1: You know what? Speaking (laughs) of the old guys, did you know Lambeau actually tried to come back and coach the Packers and sit a Lombardi? No, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I just read that in the book. After they got rid of Scooter and he went uh and over, over to Detroit, Lambeau said, I can save this team. Actually started campaigning around town and whatnot, flew in from California, and they were like, nah, we remember what your last few years were like.
2: How bad is that, though? I mean, what kind of pitch do you need to make? It's like, look, I... I... I, I need to be. I need to be the coach of this team. My name is on the stadium, for God's sake. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> well, it was still City Stadium. Then. How much? How much of a coach do you do? Hadn't been dedicated yet. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. That was. Oh, maybe um, that
2: was that was their way of. Maybe that was their way of alleviating. You know the. He was like, "Look, we're not going to let you coach, but we'll we'll name the stadium after you. <laughs> y- you've earned that, at least. But oh, god. All right, I'll let it go for now. We'll, we'll settle this one way or the other, whether, whether it's uh, online Twitter, bare-knuckle boxing, whatever whatever it takes. Uh, I'm not letting you get away with this one. Um, <laughs> but let's move on to the main event of the show. OTA's wrapped up uh, a, little, a little over a week ago, almost two weeks ago. Uh, and some some very notable occurrences here. Uh, First thing uh, that was mentioned is Kyle Murphy is actually being worked out at guard. Yeah. Um, Which is not a surprise to me. I know they picked up Jari Evans, uh, veteran guard, played with the Saints, former pro bowler. Um, But at the same time, you got to look at the depth. You lose TJ Lang. Um, I don't know. I'm not shocked by it. I'm I'm interested to see... If they, how much they use him at guard in preseason and whatnot. Uh, what do you um, make of it? Any any outstanding thoughts on um, Murphy being pushed yo, to, to
1: guard? McCarthy has been very vocal on the <laughs> fact that Jason Spriggs is a tackle. He is not an interior player, yeah. and he won't be. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, I think there's some good competition for that right guard spot with uh, Jari Evans being there and... Uh, Murphy playing there, and you know honestly, Don Barclay looks good. It he appears to have actually really healed from his ACL injury, and he it's no secret he has trouble. Had him
2: playing at center, yeah. Lindsay being out,
1: and he's done that before. He's taken a lot of center snaps in the past over the past few years. He can play all three interior positions, and it's better suited because. It's no secret he has trouble with speed off the edge trying to play tackle in the situations where he has but uh, he, he does no look improved yeah i mean he does look good and he he looks better on the inside so there's some good competition there
2: Yeah what about the uh, what about the guy they took in uh, later in the draft what was it Kofi Amishia? Yeah heard anything on him
1: I i have not i've not seen any notes really talking about Amicia. I don't know. I mean, it's he, I think he may end up being another one of these type of, uh, jar on the shelf, so to speak. Probably the same way Lane Taylor was.
2: So I think it's interesting. I think it goes back to,
1: I mean, I know McCarthy has been really impressed with Jari Evans. Well, I mean, he's, he's
2: a veteran, you know, he's, he's, he's used to protecting franchise quarterback. and Drew Brees, so I would trust him to protect Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not
1: too familiar with his run. Yeah, I mean, and McCarthy's coached him before.
2: Has he was he in a?
1: Well, McCarthy Pro in Bowl. A Pro
2: Bowl. I don't know if he was uh, that old or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he talked about his his comfort level with him. He knew the type of professional that he was, and he's stepped in and uh, fit in really well with the the rest of the locker room. As a as a leader type player as a veteran, McCarthy's been really pleased with him. So that's you know something that's always good to see. Yeah, I
2: think working Kyle Murphy out of guard and you know guys like Barclay at center and kind of moving these guys around in OTAs and probably a little bit in the training camp. Uh, just goes back to what you've talked about before with McCarthy trying to 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 get players to play multiple positions so they you oh can yeah have they learned to cross train you know, like JC Treader. Yeah, you, you can have a guy like J.C. and We've discussed that before where they like to <laughs> just use well, a, a, a player as a player, not just a specific role, you know.
1: The majority of their linemen are usually left tackles. I mean, they essentially, yeah. for a lot of years, have played with a line full of left tackles that have just been converted to other positions because in college, your best lineman is generally always your left tackle. And not all left tackles translate from the college ranks into left tackles in the NFL, but make great linemen elsewhere, especially pass blockers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's big with the Packers. We you know what we, we know how they look last year. Uh, probably that's gotta be one of the best pass blocking offensive line performances oh, I've ever seen. Some days. Yeah. I mean, I could stand back there and, and throw a pass, uh, so and you know what the best I, I part is? I hope we is? don't lose any of that.
1: Oh, You know what the best part is? What? One first-round player. Yeah. And he's not even the best player on the line. No, the rest are all... See, I think... I don't think there's any player now. I don't remember where Jari Evans was drafted. But as far as... Guys, the Packers have drafted and built that line. You know, going back to last year with TJ Lang, I think Lang was a third rounder, mm-hmm. and he was the next highest draft pick on that line behind Balaga.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean of that's basically line, man, unheard you're... of. <clears throat> yeah, I mean you look at the Dallas offensive line. There's it's full of first rounders, so you well, know they should be well pretty when, damn good. when San
1: Francisco was on their run almost that whole team was built on first rounders.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's even, even more impressive. Eh? just even more of a uh, round of applause going to Ted Thompson for being able to find quality players, not only on defense, as we talked about earlier, when we were talking about Don, Dom capers, but uh, also on the offensive line. Um, but speaking yeah. of defense and let's move to the cornerback spot, some quarterback, cornerback notes here. Uh, one main note that stands out: Demarius Randall's uh, apparently being used in Micah Hyde's spot, kind of playing the Micah Hyde role. Uh,
1: yeah, the uh, in OTA, the Casey and Hayward, looking pretty good type of player. Yeah, and you know that that really fits his skill set. Oh. He's well, he's, he's aggressive, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, this allows him to kind of rove just kind of roam around a little more and go to the ball and flow to the play. And like we've said that when we say star cornerback position, that's the title of that position in the Packers system. That doesn't mean all-star top level cornerback, even though I feel like Randall can be that, but it basically boils down to the nickel, nickel corner position. When you strip Which it all down. Which is just as important as Star the, the first is just, two corners on Star the team. Star is just more fun to say. I'm just going to say it. Star cornerback is just fun to say. But well,
0: nickel cornerbacks uh, yeah, in this Randall day and age good. are just
2: as important as, as outside. Because you, yeah. you look at some of the slot receivers you would have to play against. You look at the Julian Edelmans of the world, the Antonio Browns of the world. Uh, they line up a lot in, in the slot. So you need a, you need a quality slot cornerback. And I think Demaryius Randall can be that.
1: Well, and uh, and talking about a a Devon House, when Tremon Williams was still with the team, and the top three corners were House, Williams, and Sam Shields. They tried Shields in slot. He didn't fare as well there. He needed to be on the outside. So him and Williams were the starting two until they went nickel. Then Tremon Williams shifted inside to mm-hmm. that. Nickel slot corner position when House came up and went to the other boundary side opposite Shields. You're putting your best corner in that position.
2: Yeah. And you look at the players that they got. uh, The way they were lining up in OTAs, I think we talked about earlier, was they had Devon House and Darius Gunner on the outside, playing the outside cornerback positions with the starting defense. Yeah, they're not trying to rush King. And uh, apparently, Randall made a nice interception in the end zone to end a two-minute drill, as well. So that would be really nice to see uh, in the coming season.
1: Oh yeah, but even more,
2: but even more well, interesting than the corners. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say to wrap up the corners, a player that has had some serious praise heaped on him. Your boy Herb Waters, the converted. Herb receiver. Waters is
2: back. Mm. Yeah. God damn, He sounded like he, he should
1: have been eligible for the serious... Town Rumble. Is right, <laughs> but he he has had some serious praise heaped on him from Joe Witt. He he talks about his potential. He's not making any proclamations, but because he hasn't even seen a preseason game yet. But in OTAs and in minicamp, from what I've seen, he's been very impressive.
2: Well, I think you'll have a shot to make the roster. I mean, there's there's a lot of depth at cornerback right now, which is good. It's what we need. Um Yeah. But, you know, like I was getting into a minute ago, not only do you have Demarius Randall, Devon House, Darius Gunner, Quentin Rollins. No idea how they're gonna use Quentin Rollins this year. Um probably in that slot position, kind of the way they're using Demarius Randall, I would guess. But you look at the safeties. Uh, the way they're using the safeties in oh, uh, yeah. OTAs. When, uh, in the offense versus defense portion, HaHa Clinton-Dix and kentrell Bryce lined up at the safety positions while Morgan Burnett played inside linebacker. Um, but they also used Josh Jones. Josh Jones spent a, a really uh, a good Jones. amount of time playing the linebacker position.
1: He's been everywhere. He yeah. has been at free safety. He has been at strong safety. He's played inside linebacker. He's played down in the slot. This guy is going to be an absolute monster.
2: Yeah, and by all accounts, he's been just flying all over the field, making all kinds of plays. I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago the play he made against Jeff Janis, breaking up a pass against Jeff Janis and almost knocking, yeah. knocking him out, uh, which, which pleased Mike Daniels, the man beast, Mr. Daniels. <laughs>
1: he loves you cause see that. when you give cause for Mike Daniels to put out a tweet of nothing but a smiley face <laughs> you're making me happy
2: yeah he's got to be the most exciting rookie player right now that from just what we've heard about in the OTAs and just the way he's looked but yeah right now he looks to be like a really exciting player who's I think going to see a lot of time playing that that linebacker spot that it, you know kind of cover the tight ends and uh, playing in nickel and dime situations like that. And I felt like it was really interesting well, it... to, to talk about the the progression of your boy, Kentrell Bryce, uh, getting the starting safety spot uh, with HaHa. Ha, uh, oh, yeah. And a lot I of love this.
1: Kentrell Bryce.
2: Yeah, I mean, you we, we called it last year in the, uh, not last year, but I guess a couple months ago, but at last season uh, in our uh, ACME Awards. Last season, Kentrell Bryce was we know we we mentioned him for you know rookie of the year. uh, I think (laughs) he was in the the running for it, and if anything, for nothing else, just that hit he put on Cole Beasley in that Cowboys game. I fell in love with him then. So,
1: and for any of the new listeners, we've been keeping tabs on Kentrell Bryce since last preseason. Yeah, he was the the defensive Geronimo Allison for us last year in the preseason. So we've been keeping an eye on Bryce and I've not been disappointed.
2: No, I I think it's
1: something McCarthy talks about. uh, You always hear McCarthy talk about players taking a big step in their second year. That's what they like to see. It's what they look for. And I could Mm -hmm. definitely see Bryce being one of those guys to take a big step.
2: Yeah. Not only Bryce, but like we talked about, uh, Earlier, Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, looks. McCarthy said, oh, looks to be yeah. the, the player that has progressed the most in year, from year one to year two. So, that's exciting.
1: I, yeah, he I, said Kenny Clark has been crushing it in the weight room. That is his exact quote. Kenny's been crushing it in the weight room.
2: I'm sure Mike Daniels.
1: I mean, I think I even read somewhere <laughs> Clark. Inspiration oh, yeah. for that. mean, well, I. I think I saw somewhere. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm I'm wanting to say I read somewhere that Clark has actually put on something like nine or ten pounds of muscle in the off season, just mm-hmm. ready to go. The same with Kyler Fackrell. I also read he put on some some good extra muscle in the off season, and McCarthy also expects him to take a a really big step a uh, big step here in year two.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I I really like Kyler Fackrell quite a bit, Um,
1: and he flashed last year.
2: Yeah, he had a couple games there. He had a couple sacks. So,
1: well, he had the uh, he had the forced fumble against the Giants earlier in the season last year. He he has the talent.
2: Well, that's the thing too. Just to cover the last little bit of defense here. I think Clay Matthews and Nick Perry both sat out a few of the practices or I, I don't even know if they practice at all in the OTAs. I know McCarthy has that, uh, uh,
1: McCarthy. He excused the veterans from minicamp.
2: Yeah. He has that. Like if you've been there for six years, you don't have to play or something like that. Um, but, uh, bit of a concern though, when just looking at the depth of the outside linebacker spots with Fackrell and Jaron Elliott and, uh, uh, you know, Vince Beagle, I don't, I don't think he practiced. I think he's still uh, recovering from that, that bit of off-season surgery he had after he was drafted. Uh, but how do you feel about the depth of the outside linebacker yeah, position but the, right now?
1: Uh, it's, it's up in the air for me. Um, I'm trying to keep an open mind about it. Because, you know, it, does, it seems thin, just <laughs> yeah. looking at it. But... Um, you never know. I mean...
2: Well, it's like you said. I think they're really... It, it, they're really tr- putting the hope in that Jay Roan will really step up this year and really make a big step. And, and you know, yeah. McCarthy loves to talk about the, the, the progression from year one to year two with, for a guy like Kyler Fackrell. So, I think they're just... I think they're putting a lot of trust well, and a lot of faith in into the unknown right now. Because, really... Those guys are unknown. Jay Rones had some, I mean, he had that great preseason a few years back that got him his spot on the roster. And he made some really good plays against the Seahawks.
1: Well, in that game against Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there is one guy that I'm kind of keeping my eye on right now too, is an undrafted rookie. And that's Jonathan Calvin.
2: Yeah. And he's got the the one who
1: fought with Spriggs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gotta love that in a guy.
1: So, I mean, and he's, he's another guy who he made a move like Josh Jones. And the reason they got into a fight was because, you know, Spriggs said that he really took exception to it when Calvin decided to bull rush him during a non-padded practice. I'm down for that.
2: (laughs) Nothing wrong with a little meanness, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they got. I I think preseason is going to be really interesting. Um Especially with the the new rule, did you hear about the uh, there's no more, uh, like cut down to seventy five. It's just going to go straight from ninety to fifty two now.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a yeah, that's going to be. Oh yeah, because they're going to get a lot longer looks at guys now.
2: Yeah,
1: and you know, it's it's been an issue before for not just the Packers but for every team when. The cut to 75 comes, you cut your roster down, then all of a sudden you have two, three guys get injured. It's like, damn, we need to to go call those guys we just cut. Oh, wait, they're already signed by somebody else.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good move. I think that's really going to help every team in the league, especially the Packers, and you really get a longer, more in-depth look at some of these players because – you think about how, I mean, just look at some of the players that get cut from that 90 to 75, some good players. I mean, you look at a guy like Garrett Blunt. Uh, I remember when he was with the Titans his first year. He came in, he was an undrafted guy, went to the Titans, didn't make it to the 75, but he's, st- you know, still a pretty damn good running back. It would have been nice to have for all those years. So I think you're just going to get a better look at these yeah. guys. And, um, You know, switching to the receivers and the tight ends and talking about first-year guys making the big step into their second year, Trevor Davis has apparently really stood out at wide receiver. Uh, Love it. The notes that I've read, he says he's... See, Davis has caught most, if not all, of the passes thrown his way, including a pass up the sideline that beat the defense over the top, which is exactly what we need from a colleague Trevor Davis. So... He he saw he's I think but that he, kind of speed, man. Well what what was that? What was the play? Him and Rogers, they almost they should have connected on that what seventy yard pass that should have been a touchdown last year or something. Yeah,
1: that would have gone for like a 70, 70 some odd yard touchdown and it ended up being a sixty six yard pass interference call. <laughs> just because yeah. the D B got beat because Davis outran him.
2: Yeah, you get this I guy mean, going. So
1: it's already apparent. Teams teams fear his speed, and he showed against Atlanta he can catch a ball in tight space for a touchdown, too.
2: Yeah, that was a Donald Driver-like catch. That's it's super not just his
1: deep of. speed. Yeah, leaning way back out of God knows where, catching a ball, I, oh, I like it. Yeah, that old Falcons
2: game was a really good game for him. He had that good punt return.
1: A game we had no business being in.
2: Yeah, but he stepped up, and apparently he's stepping up here in, in year two in the OTAs so far, and I think he saw – I think he got a look at the roster and all the players that they already had yeah. and the players that they're bringing in with, with guys like Malachi Dupree, who's apparently uh, really connecting and really clicking with Aaron Rodgers uh, already, and then a guy like um, that's D'Angelo Yancey, who they also drafted, who's apparently – Looking pretty good. Who's been who's been uh, compared to James Jones, uh, I've noticed in, in an article I read the other Very day. Very favorably. Yeah. So, there's a lot of competition there. And I think I really and, love and the, the, the fact ant- that Davis is taking that seriously.
1: Well, and with Dupree, man, you might yeah. have called it. He could be the steal of the draft. I I'd Especially love because we're already seeing stuff where... Well, I mean... And it's, it's been a focus over the last few years, especially when talking about Janice, because God knows everybody in the world loves Jeff Janice for whatever reasons you have. He <laughs> I think doesn't just seem to be able point. to get it with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, it's the hype train, but <laughs> he doesn't seem to get it with Rodgers. He doesn't have the chemistry there for whatever reason. They just don't click the way you want a quarterback and receiver to click. And by all accounts, Malachi Dupree is already clicking with Rodgers. They've already established a, a good rapport. Rodgers is already looking to him to get him the ball.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's,
1: <laughs> that, that's big.
2: That's, exciting. that's a seventh-round wide receiver. And he's already he, he's already picking it up. So uh, it's man, you look at well, you know they got
1: you know who else was a seventh round wide receiver, don't you?
2: Donald Driver was, wasn't he?
1: Donald Driver,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, and you know the the writing could be on the wall there for for Dupree. I I, mean, he's, I think he's one of those guys that I don't think they I don't know if they can afford to stash him on the practice squad. I think somebody would pick him up.
1: Oh yeah, they can't. He has to be on the 53.
2: Yancey too. I knew there were a lot of teams interested in Yancey before the draft. Yeah. I know he had quite a few visits. I did notice that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he was a coveted receiver. I was kind of surprised that we got him where we did.
2: Yeah, it could definitely be a steal. Uh, but I think these this wide receiving core with the tight ends... As well, Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendricks. Uh, they played. They've apparently looked pretty good. I, it's Aaron Rodgers has got some weapons to play with now, and that's exciting. oh yeah, oh
1: yeah, yeah. It's just,
2: but I don't have much on the running backs.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard much come out of the uh the running back room. I do know. That um Ty Montgomery is really working well with Brandon Jackson, and he's put a really strong focus on improving his um his pass blocking so that that's gonna be a mm-hmm. big key right there to him being more of an every down type of player and that's that's really the only- re- news <laughs> that I've seen come out of there
2: yeah it's been it's been. Fairly quiet, which is good. We don't need any more Latroy guy-on situations.
1: I was just, yeah. I mean, sometimes no news is just good news coming.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm ready for training camp. I'm ready to see, I'm ready for things to get rolling. OTAs are OTAs are OTAs. <laughs> you know, everybody looks yeah, good in shorts. I'm ready
1: for the pads to come on.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Hey, everybody's ready for the pads to come on. Basketball's over. It's been over. We are officially in the dead, humid Kentucky heat of the uh, the sports dry season where about all that's out there is NASCAR and baseball. And uh, it just makes me want to take a nap on a Sunday because there's nothing else going on.
2: Well, it was nice for me that the, the Preds were made as deep of a playoff run as they did because it kept me interested in something kept my oh, kept me yeah. preoccupied for for a while so uh unfortunately they fell yeah, i enjoyed
1: short. all the uh the shirts and whatnot of keep nashville bearded yeah <laughs> that was some interesting stuff to see
2: yeah it was nice it
1: was an epic run though it was a hell of a run
2: yeah i think they'll be they'll be in it for for. i, I don't even really watch years. hockey but Anyway, uh, that about wraps it up for this week. We're about burnt out. It's about 4 o'clock in the morning here in a good old bluegrass state of Kentucky. Uh, But if you're up at 4 o'clock in the morning listening to this, uh, don't go to bed yet. There's still some things you need to do. Uh, First and foremost, open up your laptop or your smartphone or your iPad or your whatever the hell you got, your Kindle, I, I don't know, whatever. And go to to the best Packers website for the fans, by the fans, uh, everything you need know on there. Not only do you get our podcast, uh, which obviously you know you're listening to already, but you also get three other podcasts that if you're not listening to, uh, <clears throat> you need to be listening to it, especially if you're a Packers fan. Uh, you got the Pack to the Future podcast, the official Pack to the Future podcast. Uh they just released a new episode uh earlier this week. Uh listened to it last night, as a matter of fact, good stuff uh on their end. You got the sweep with Fred Thurston. Brian
1: wants you to listen to him talk.
2: Brian, Brian's an attention whore. He 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 wants to hear he he, he <laughs> he'll he'll talk to himself uh j- just 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 to listen to uh, himself talk. So if you would listen to him and give him that attention uh, he would greatly appreciate it. Um, but you also, after you're done listening to the Pack to the Future podcast, go ahead and click down and go to The Sweep with Fred Thurston and uh, his trusty pal Blaine, another exceptional Green Bay Packers podcast. Like I mentioned earlier, they had the um, Chad Johnson, not Ochocinco, Uh the guy who him and his brother drove uh, Devon House from Minnesota to Green Bay, had him on the show. And uh, it's it's about a 30, 40-minute show. Really interesting stuff if you want to find out the real behind-the-scenes story. I know you've all probably heard the story on ESPN, but if you want the behind-the-scenes scoop, uh, check them out on uh, The Sweep with Fred Thurston. <clears throat> and, of course, Packers in Law Podcast. They haven't released anything here recently. Uh, they need to get on it. I know it's the dark period, but what can you do? <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Hang on just a second. I'm going to get some of a drink. All right. So after you're done doing all that, which should kill, you know, about an hour, hour and a half or so, uh, then it'll be about 5.30 in the morning. The sun's coming up, and you're like, man, I really don't want to go to bed yet. I'm so pumped from all this Packer, all this packersness, Packer goodness, whatever you want to call it. So what you need to do is you need to go to Twitter, Follow us on Twitter at Blue Cheese Radio. Follow us on our personal Twitters at TitletownTie, at Radiation Mike. Send us questions. Uh, interact with us. Talk with us. We'll talk back. Um, <clears throat> we're trained monkeys. Just just ask us things, and we'll get on there. We'll answer uh, to your heart's yeah <laughs> to your heart's content. Um, and then when you're done with that, after you've, after you've uh, you've you've done a Frazier and asked us about twenty questions in a row. That'll probably about 6, 6.30 in the morning. <clears throat> Start brewing yourself up a nice cup of coffee. And go to Facebook.com. Add us on Facebook. We'll be your friend on there, too. We're everywhere. You, you won't be able to escape us. And then, right before you go to bed, it's early in the morning. It's time to go to bed. It's about 7 in the morning. You should probably go to bed, because you're you're a slacker, apparently. Go to YouTube. Play some videos on our... Blue Cheese Radio YouTube channel. Uh, listen to them all back-to-back. Back. I'm going to create a playlist so when people go to sleep at night, they can just listen to us on, on a loop. Because um, that's what everybody wants. We all know it. <laughs> and then when you wake up, you can send us some questions to the, the Blue Cheese mailbag <laughs> at askbluecheese@gmail.com. I'm stretching this out way too fucking long. <laughs> I am tired and delirious. We're everywhere. And you know
1: what... You know what folks? We both need to go to bed. <laughs> you need to do all of this stuff that Mike just said, then go to bed. And you know what? While you're on Twitter, stop over, follow the the one and only the great Herb Adderley, Packers Hall of Famer, and you will gain nuggets of wisdom like this. As you get older, stretch from Herb Adderley there you to go, the world. Folks. From me to you, take that, run with it, but not until you stretch.
2: Yeah, and once you're done stretching, you should tweet to Herb Adderley and ask him what it feels like to be a part of such a bum-ass team like Team Holmgren.
1: Team Holmgren for life. Herb Adderley's the man. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever suggest that Herb Adderley would ever be on a bum-ass team. That man is a winner. Well, he was
2: on the Cowboys for... A little bit there.
1: But. And they won! <laughs> because they had her battery
2: That's true. I can't argue with that. But alright folks, we're done. We're getting out of here. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five star review as well. Uh, that helps out a whole lot. Um, but, after you've done all that, uh, we will greatly appreciate it. And we'll be forever in your debt. Uh, but we'll be back for the next episode of Blue Cheese Radio. Um, and we're probably going to be just as tired and delirious next time as we were tonight because we tend to go on for a while (laughs) um but until then i'm mike
1: and i'm ty and there is your dagger good night everybody